Hello and welcome to the podcast, What I Wish I Knew as an NQT, with me, Jeremy Crook. This is a show where my guests and I will share with you our experiences, both good and bad, of life as an NQT. There is no teacher on earth who hasn't stood in front of a class of children and thought, I'm not sure what I should do now. Everyone has done it. So take comfort from the fact that you're not alone, because at some point, every teacher has had the same thought. Teaching is highly complex, and there are numerous solutions to the same problem. And that's why what works for one child on one day may not work for a different child the next. As an inexperienced or newly qualified teacher, getting everything right can at times seem daunting or even unachievable. But practice makes permanent, of course. And today I am joined by a newly qualified teacher, Cara Carter who's going to talk about one of the most important elements of becoming a great teacher. What's that, I hear you ask? It's the critical skill of looking at the learning through the eyes of the child. If you're not sure what that is exactly, then this podcast is for you. Cara, welcome. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I see you're in your classroom. I am. I'm trying to make it my own. Nice. It's quite tricky. Listeners, you can't see it, but she's got a lovely sparkly backdrop. And uh, it's all starting to look rather good. And she's looking very happy in her new home. So uh, so we won't hold you up for too long then. Okay. In our, in no, I'm chat today. Oh, I can see that. So what made you want to be a teacher? Is that cliche? Um, I actually trained as a garment technologist. Did you? I did. I know. And this What's is that so mean? Different. It means everything from the designer stage to actually getting it into stores. Oh, right. That's why you've got that sparkly backdrop. That's why I love sparkles. I sparkles should have known. Me everywhere. Um, I was bored and then I had my own children and I did the usual. You go in and help out. I worked at preschools. I then went into working in um, special needs provisions for five years and then I really wanted to get back into mainstream schools. And um, it's that cliche. Of, I just wanted to make a difference to someone's life. And I could see that happening as a TA. But I could see that the teacher had even more of an impact. And that's really where I wanted to go. Because I knew that I was having a small impact on some of the children I worked with. But one particular little boy um, just wouldn't engage in learning at all. And to be able to do that as a teacher is just so fulfilling and it makes every day different. And like you said, right at the beginning, you know, what, what works one day you think, yep, got it. Sussed. (laughs) Don't, don't even think about it. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. And it's why they say, don't they 10,000 hours to become an expert at something, which is sort of five or six years of teaching. And, uh, and I think that's a good, good, amount of time to think about so you're going to have you're brilliant never an days either, are you? You just, you know, you just never. yes you are an expert you are an expert but you've never cracked everything no there's always something that makes you feel like you're back at day one yeah that's the that's the <laughs> thing that surprises me still yeah there's always something and, and you're in the middle of a lesson and I still teach a lot as you know and you think hmm I'm not quite sure what to do now. So, but luckily, when you're as old as I am, you've got loads of experience to draw on. So you can pick something that works, even if it's not perfect. 
it's just such a challenge and that's what's great you know I get home and and I sort of sit down at dinner and I go so what did you do and they all went yeah it was all right and I go wow this happened today it was great <laughs> or oh my god this happened today oh and that's so awesome. brilliant that's why you're going to be a great teacher <laughs> And, and, and I just want to go back to you saying it's a cliche. I guess it is a cliche, but but let's not use that as a negative cliche. It's a very positive one, isn't it? Because crikey teachers do make a difference and they make a massive, massive difference when there are children looking for inspiration, looking for a role model, looking for someone to fire them up and to find their hidden talents. And that's what great teachers do, isn't it? So whilst it is a cliche, Crikey, we make a difference when we get it right. And, uh, and of course, we get it right much more than we get it wrong, which is, which is always heartening. That's what the best teachers do. So I love that that's your motivation. How did your training year go? Um, it's been an interesting year, as you know, COVID. I'm glad we still got to do everything online. So that was good. We still got all that, you know, the knowledge we gained online. So we still got all of the teaching. And the experience in class, obviously now we can all do online learning because we've all experienced that. And I think that will happen a lot more. Um, it was up and down and it was to be expected, but it was great. I still managed to get both um, placements. So I did year two and year four, which I needed so much. It just gave me so much more experience. It's so difficult, isn't it, to, uh, to miss out on teaching practice? I know last year, quite a few of the trainees missed out on teaching practice. And, uh, and that's, that's the bedrock of what you need when you go into your first job, just yeah. the mechanics of day to day and how things work. And, and what well, do I do you, at this point and this point and this point? You just work with one teacher and you think, yep, okay. I was listening to a podcast the other day and you think, right, that's how I'm going to do it. And then you go and see somebody else and you think, oh, actually they're doing it slightly differently, but I still like that. Or, oh no, I prefer that. And that's, what's been really good. The only thing I think we've missed is being able to go out to lots of different schools. And that is really important in my NQT or ETP year. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm going to have to change the title of this podcast, of course, now. Yeah. I like what I wish I knew was an NQT. It's got a sort of (laughs) rhythm to it. What I wish I knew was an NQT stroke ECT. I'm not sure that sounds quite so good, but never mind. I'm sure we can make it sound good. Yeah, we won't worry too (laughs) much about that. You make a really good point, though. Getting out to see other teachers is, is essential as long as you don't think you've got to be like them because you can pick off a bit from that teacher, a bit from that teacher, a bit from that teacher, add it to your five bits. And this is the teacher I'm going to be. Yeah. This is the unique teacher that I'm going to be. And that's really important, isn't it? That, That we don't try to be someone else, but we do try to pick up the pedagogy that great teachers use. I have to say that that has been really useful this year, the pedagogy that we did on the course. Mm. um you know to really understand those you know why these things happen as a ta you think yep yep okay i see that but you don't really understand why it's happening necessarily like that and that's been really really important this year yeah and that that is really important and well that leads us very nicely then in cara into when you first became aware of looking at the learning through the eyes of the child which is our big idea for today to discuss when did when when did you when did you suddenly twig um, I'm, I'm looking at it here as a teacher oh, and how to deliver my teaching. I was but, devastated. But, but flipping it round to, to <laughs> say I'm going to, I'm now going to look as if I am the child at the learning I'm being asked to do. I think it was about halfway through. I remember having an observation with my mentor and I remember thinking, oh, there's not enough on these slides. They need to know more about this. I want them to know everything. Um, 
I did I love science at school I did science A levels and I thought yeah no I'm going to bring that in I'm going to bring that in. they need to know that they need to know that and as we went through um I thought yeah brilliant okay yeah I've thrown that in and I've thrown that in brilliant they've got everything now they, they should know everything and then we came to the end of the lesson and I sat down and talked with my mentor and she said the usual how do you think it went and I went <laughs> yeah there was loads going on and yeah the, the the phrase I got back which I look back now was there was lots of learning but lots of different people learning different things and there wasn't a secure element of learning and it was that understanding that they need you only need to teach them what they need to know at that time to build on that as small steps each time and that that was just a real light bulb moment for me and realizing actually you don't just throw everything at them it's you know it's too much for them whether they're year six whether they're reception it doesn't matter key stage one key stage two it was just understanding that they only need to know at that point what they need to know to move on to gain that knowledge in the next area that that building block that that foundation stage to understand the next bit and that really opened my eyes to thinking right when I do my next lesson plan what do they really need to understand what is the objective of this lesson it's not to teach them everything about materials it's to teach them a specific element about materials to ensure that they understand the next stage and the next stage and um I was devastated after that lesson because I thought I'd thrown everything in and actually looking back afterwards, I realized that that was really my turning point of understanding, not just in science, in all of the subjects I was about to teach. That's so important. Whilst it's really important as well, actually, don't stop telling them really interesting little snippets. Just don't build it into the main framework of the lesson. The little snippets fascinate children, don't they? They love yeah. all those little extra bits, but they're not the fundamental bit of learning. So don't stop throwing all those bits in. Just don't make five slides about it. So you think, <laughs> I must just give them this whole background here and this whole background here, <laughs> because then, uh, yeah, it just gets too much for them. And, and, and the learning that you really want gets lost in the blizzard of ideas. But, it, was, um, it was also picking up on realising that, you know, the, with regards to the pedagogy as well with the sort of working overload and, and memory and, and cognitive thinking and realizing that for some of them they understood the basics so I could have that that moving on conversation with them separately mm. um, and that's where the differentiation happens as well and it that, that's where it all finally sort of came together for me was realizing I can have those extra bits but don't teach them to everybody all at the same time find the right time to do that. Uh, right, yeah. Yoselskis, the famous old uh, science researcher, researcher into primary science, he used to say, ask the right question at the right time. And, uh, and, and that stayed with me forever when I, I remember reading his book about science in education. I'm going to tell you a story. Guess what? You might have thought that's you're the only person that say, ever yeah, happened to. Honestly, I do. Sometimes you think, oh, my God, it must just be me. Has it ever happened to you? Ever? I bet not. Oh, only 5,000 times. <laughs> I, I'm going to take you back. I was, I was a trainee when I was a trainee. That was 36 years ago I was a trainee. Core blimey, I'm that old. And uh, we were on a playing field just outside Cambridge. And... Uh, I was on my final teaching practice, which had gone incredibly badly. I was on the cusp of failing. Um, and my PE mentor, my, my mentor, who was the PE specialist, said, I'm going to come in and, 
have a look, Jeremy. We want to get one more good observation if we can, just to make sure that that you pass the course, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so there I was. I was taking year six, always interesting in the summer term. They weren't terribly engaged come the end of June in the summer term. But anyway, so we're going outside now, kids. Yay! And uh, I think they were looking forward to 60 minutes sitting in the warm sunshine, you know, on the field, <laughs> not doing much. But anyway, we got mounds of cricket equipment. And my uh, my PE specialist, college mentor, Tony Robinson, looking at them with an expert eye. They seemed to be behaving quite well, actually, that day. I'm sure it was Tony. Tony was a northern guy made out of granite. And I'm sure, <laughs> and I'm sure they were just behaving well, because he was looking over my shoulder with a stern face. Anyway, you know, there he was with his clipboard about to record all my great things. I'd planned this lesson so in so much detail. Uh, and he told me that's where my troubles began. Too much detail. What you've just told us. I wanted to teach them too many things. I wanted them to know everything there was to know about the forward defensive Oh, oh, I thought that was safe, you see, forward defensive. The balls <laughs> wouldn't be flying around too much. So I told them how to stand, how to hold the bat, how to change weight to move forward, how to angle the bat, how to focus on the ball, how to move in line with the ball. A couple well, of other things I thought were essential at the time. And then I thought, uh, well, I better demonstrate this as well. I demonstrate, I hear you say. Surely you mean modelling. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I demonstrated because I had the bat and I said, look, and of course I could do the things I was teaching because I hadn't thought what the children knew. I ignored all that oh. constructivist theory, didn't I? Not deliberately. I didn't have a clue. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> so I didn't actively draw the children's attention to the key skills. Now, modeling, of course essential in every course in every classroom but I didn't do it I demonstrated and I was so proud um but so having enthusiastically did that I said children off we go right let's go we're gonna now practice this okay and uh of course I asked them if if, if there are any questions before I sent them off because that's what good teachers do don't they any questions no they said no no we all know what to do let's go I thought Tony would love the organisation. Groups of four, a bowler, a batter, two fielders. They're not hitting the ball far, so one on each side. Pick the ball up. Ah, oh, how wrong I was. 15 seconds into it, the first <laughs> tennis ball whistled past my ear. And <laughs> I thought, I'm losing control. So uh, when about five had gone flying past me, I said, right, everyone, back in. We love your commitment. It's brilliant. You're doing really well. Now, we all know Jack is great at this. Jack had hit about four of the five balls at 80 miles an hour past my head. I said, Jack, let's see then. Let's show me this forward defensive. So I bowled him a ball and he smashed it past me. <laughs> and uh, all the children went, whoa, Jack. So Jack was really pumped up by now. He said, give us another one, Mr. Crook. Give us another one. I reckon I can hit it further. And I said, we're trying the forward defensive, don't forget, Jack. And I thought, I'm not going to risk another one. So I sent them back. And there was just this salvo of fast-moving tennis balls flying around <laughs> the field. So I finally brought them back together. They certainly learned how to hit the ball, but it wasn't the forward defensive. And uh, I said, right, children, right, what have we learned today? And they said, well, can you guess what they said? 
Um, well, clearly not how to do the forward defensive. No, they said... How, how to hit it really hard. Yeah, Jack can hit the ball a long <laughs> way, can't he? I said, yes, he can. And uh, we'll all learn about that one in the next lesson. <laughs> so uh, I got them back to class, you know, and then went and sat with Tony and thinking, oh, blimey, this is the end of my teaching career and it's hardly started. And he said, he said some really nice things, actually. He said, you had a great lesson plan. You've got a great presence. You get on very well with the children. You've got great subject knowledge. I've never seen a better explanation of the forward defensive. <laughs> and he, then he said, he asked me the killer question, of course. What yeah. do you think the children learnt? And I don't think it was a trick question. I don't think he was trying to wind me up. He was too nice. He was a lovely bloke and very knowledgeable. Although I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd said, gotcha, because, <laughs> because <laughs> I said, they all know that Jack can hit the ball a long way. He said, yes, they all know that. I agree. I said, oh, good. Well, at least we agree on something. <laughs> and he said, what did you want them to learn? And I said, how to play the forward defensive. So he said, killer question, why didn't they learn it then? Oh, I and, guess, and guess what I said? I don't know, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. No. Because and I couldn't. It, it, is it always, though, just, you know, um, non-experience? Is it always trainees that do it? I mean, you see teachers all the time. Is it just trainees all the time that this happens with? Well, of course, no, it isn't. It, it's, I see it with very experienced teachers. I was in a couple of years ago before lockdown kicked in. I was uh, watching a maths lesson with a year five class. And they were doing long division and the teacher modeled it very nicely. And uh, she uh, gave a very clear explanation how to carry out division. She demonstrated it on the board. She went over the key ideas twice. She allowed children to talk to their talk partners. She asked children if they had any questions. Then 20 minutes after she started, she sent them off to work independently. Just a few minutes later, more than half the children were back on the carpet to go over the process again, as they didn't know where to start, let alone how to carry on. The other children who chose not to return for further clarification carried on working independently. So I worked with these children whilst the teacher worked with her group. Unfortunately, and I'm, I'm being serious here, not one of these children understood the process. They worked so hard. They did loads of work. Their books were full of questions answered. They had a great attitude to work, but everything done was incorrect. And why did it happen? Well, you know the answer, don't you? She hadn't looked at the learning through the eyes of the children. And when I asked her, discussed the lesson afterwards, I asked her how she knew this work was appropriate for the class at this time and how she structured the learning to avoid cognitive overload. She found both questions difficult to answer because she said, well... It's, it's, in the, it's in the scheme, isn't it, for year five? So we did that. I said, I know, but where were they in their learning? And she said, well, I don't know, really. Mm. She said, I just we haven't done division for a while, so I just sort of thought I'd pitch it there. And I said, do you think you taught too much in one go? I said, I said you had whiteboards out, but they never practised the steps in the process. It was all you for 20 minutes. Um, and, you know, I felt total sympathy with her of course have as I said to you having done that 5,000 times you know there's no yeah. teacher who hasn't done that sort of thing and it's I said just, so yeah go on 
it's just so vital, isn't it? That that opener as well to find out where they are, and that's really difficult as a as a trainee when you're doing your trainee year because you're just dropped into lessons, and that's why it's so vital that if you're about to do a lesson, you find out what they've already been taught so far, and not yeah. just what they've actually taught. What do they actually know? Because you can, as we know, we've seen all seen that Snoopy great diagram that we see on our courses. You know, yeah, you might have taught that to them, but have they learned it? And that's so important. Have they learned that? Because there's no point moving them on if they haven't got that prior knowledge, that, that foundation no, step. absolutely. And they've got to be confident to be independent, haven't they? And I said to her, you could have sent them away early on, couldn't you? You could have sent them away and got them to do 10 minutes work just on, on, on the process, but using simpler numbers, but, but going through all the steps, then making it more complex because it had decimal points in and that sort of thing. And, and uh and 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 so she taught them many things because she wasn't really clear of where they were and and therefore she hadn't really structured the learning just in a very similar way to you described and in fact i described everything it's all coming in we're going to do this and we're going to do this and and each individual bit the children would have got they'd have got each individual bit it was it was the combination of all the bits and then being asked to apply them all at the same time, yeah. that was the bit. I mean, it's cognitive overload when we're at that point. But, but looking at the learning through the eyes of the child, where am I in my learning? What do I need to do first? What do I need to do next? What do I need to do after that? And now that's clear in my mind, I can tackle each of those individual steps independently but join them together as I go through each independent part. And, and, and that was the bit that she hadn't done, I hadn't done, and by the sounds of it, you hadn't done. And <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, and it's, I think arguably it was the most important piece of advice I was ever given because Tony said to me, look at the learning through the eyes of the child, Jeremy. Where are they? How much will they be able to take on board of your new learning and how will you know if you don't know where they are? Yeah. What, what's embedded? Because it has to be built on what's embedded, doesn't it? Learning's it not always linear. Yeah, go yeah. on. It just brings everything together, doesn't it? You, you know, you learn so much on the course for over a year or PGCE, whatever you're doing, you learn so much. But actually, it, those are the fundamental things. If you can see the learning journey that they need to take, mm. break those down into such small steps, but you understand where they are, where am I in, in that journey so far with them? Yeah, that's the key thing, because if, I mean, what you described right at the beginning where you said, oh, I must have a slide about that and a slide about that, that's great teaching, isn't it? Because what you're doing there is you're thinking about where the lesson might go. What are the things, where might the learning go further? And we need to do that before we teach lessons. We just don't need to think that we've got to teach it all to everyone all the time. And, and, and you said that, didn't you? You said yeah. some of those bits would have been suitable for one child. Some of them would have been suitable for another because we're always looking to extend their learning. And, uh, and we can do that once we know where they are and once we know where their secure learning is. Now, in a science lesson, as you were saying there, that's quite difficult because we don't do science every day. In a maths lesson, I'd say arguably it's easier as it is in English because we know what children are like as 
English students and as math students because we do it with them every day. In the other in the other curriculum areas, um, it's much harder to do, of course, because we don't know, because we don't teach it every day, and 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 different concepts are taught at different times. So it's yeah. our understanding of their knowledge can be quite patchy. But but as you saw, an experienced maths teacher there, a very good teacher she was. You know, we all teach tough lessons. It doesn't matter how good you are or how experienced. And she was very experienced. It was interesting, actually. She did contact me uh, later that week and said, we've had the most brilliant maths lesson. <laughs> she said, I was really clear about what the children already knew and understood. I broke the lesson up into chunks. So we made sure we practiced the various steps that we needed to put together by the end of the lesson not at the start of the lesson. <laughs> so, so I built the learning step by step through the lesson. And she said, and by the end, every child had been successful. That doesn't mean they got it right, of course, whatever right means. I'm not, never a fan of rightness. <laughs> I, like, I like learning to be uh, developmental. We keep adding bits. We keep adding bits. And being wrong is much more important than being right, isn't it? Because yeah. when you're wrong, yeah. you learn something new. Yeah. As long as you don't get 15 things wrong, because then your brain explodes. Yeah. So, so that process, I think, is, is an essential one for teachers to go through. And, it, and it's not, and, and it's hard. Something I think that's difficult is when teachers say, I ask questions at the start of the lesson to gauge their knowledge. Well, I'm a very experienced teacher. I still find it difficult to alter a lesson radically. When I find out at the start of the lesson, it's not quite what I thought they knew. I think that's immensely difficult. So you need to find yeah. out before the lesson, don't you? Yeah. The day before. And you can say, just spend a few minutes finding out the day before what's gone on, what they remember, what they know. So what's the summary then, Cara? Make sure you know where they are mate, and just small chunks. Take them, go on that journey with them. Just do it in small chunks and think. I'm them, look through their eyes. Um, what do I need to know as a child to go through this process? Yeah. Well, great advice. What a great summary. Way better than I could have done. <laughs> well, you're too kind, Jeremy. Thank goodness you were here. <laughs> Cara, it's been so interesting to hear of your experiences and how they've made a difference to your teaching. I'm going to finish with a question. A question for you and a quote. Hey, this is tricky because I'm going to test your subject knowledge now. Oh, uh I'm going to give you some big clues, though. Which famous Impressionist painter, often studied in primary schools, uh, sunflowers, clue, said this, great things are not done by impulse, but by a series of small things brought together. Now you're really testing me, and I'm really hoping I'm going to get this right, bang off. Yes, it was. <laughs> nice one. I'm just going to say that again, because what a great line from a great man. Great things are not done by impulse, but by a series of small things brought together. And that's the very thing you've demonstrated to us today, Cara, haven't you? Keep putting the small things together after careful reflection, and then you've got a real chance to do great things with your children. I'm actually quite excited again now. I was yeah. getting a bit worried, but now I'm excited again. Yeah, now. well, I'm excited for you. <laughs> You're so lucky. It's nice being young, isn't it? You get excited by the future. Well, you I'm not to... young, Jeremy, am I? I mean, come on. <laughs> You're a he of, heck of a lot younger than I am. So <laughs> anyway, that's great. That's been so 
So enjoyable to talk to you. I love your passion. Your children are very lucky. They're gonna they're gonna have a great year, and as you are, I think. And uh, yeah, I'm really lucky. I'm really looking forward to it, and I can't wait. I'm really excited. Brilliant. Thank you so much for today. Thank you. So what now? What in this podcast has made you reflect on your own practice, teachers? What's the snippet you're going to build into your own practice tomorrow, this week, next week? And it is a snippet. When I was a head teacher, I used to say to my staff that each day they should be doing something just a little bit better than before. Because if they did that every day, then they would very quickly develop their pedagogy and improve their children's learning. So aim for that one small thing that you think will make a difference. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And if you feel inspired, please leave a review and share it with your friends. I love getting feedback and I'm very keen to know what you'd like us to discuss in future podcasts. So uh, please get in touch on Twitter at WhatMQT. Until next time, I'm Jeremy Crook and this has been the latest podcast from What I Wish I Knew as an MQT or ECT.